You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 146. Today, we're going to talk all about the mindset of scaling your digital business. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now with over 1.2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, everybody? How are you doing? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Business Podcast. My name is James Wedmore, and thank you so much for tuning in to another very special Monday episode where we talk about anything mindset, uh, mental, emotional inner game of what it takes to create success from the inside out as an online entrepreneur. And I got to say, thank you first and foremost to everyone who has been hitting me up on Instagram. My handle's at James Wedmore, sharing with me some of the greatest topic requests and questions that I'm going to be turning into future episodes. So if something's nagging, you know, in the back of your head, if you could sit down and just like talk to me over coffee and you could ask me one question, what would it be? You know, whether you're kind of new to a lot of the conversations that I like to have here or you've really, you know, been integrating a lot of that and things just don't seem to be working for you. What is a question that you would ask me? And the more specific, the better. Because a lot of people think that if I'm really broad and general, it'll help more people, but it's actually quite the opposite. So what do you want me to talk about? And how would you like to be showcased in an upcoming episode? I would really appreciate that. And it's so much more fun when I can take our most loyal and dedicated listeners and turn that into the content that we're creating for the show. So uh, head on over to Instagram, follow me over at, at James Wedmore, and you can send me a message there. And we might just feature you and your question in an upcoming episode. Okay, so here's the deal. The other thing, speaking of Instagram, that I'll go ahead and share with you is, you know, I posted, for those of you guys who posted and commented, I'm just like so, so, so grateful. I posted a comment last week. And it's something that's been on my mind for a long time. So I did an episode in the past about this where when I released this show over two years ago, I had a lot of fear and resistance come up, okay? And so that's, a, that's first of all, that's a big mistake because people believe that, you know, once you've made it, once you have a certain amount of money, a certain amount of following, it's like happily ever after. You don't experience fear or turmoil or struggle or whatever, right? And it's just not the case. In fact, it's just, you know, new level, new devil, right? It's a new game. It's a new set of fears. And one that you will want to look out for as you grow and see so much more wild success that's coming your way is, well, now you have something to lose. You haven't really thought about that yet, have you? Right? There's something at stake. And for years, I built up this business as the video guy. And I still am. And we still create and sell courses and training around that. But I knew deep in my heart that I was only giving a piece of the puzzle. Sure, video made me famous in, in certain industries and people saying, oh my goodness, I watch your videos, my kids watch your videos, I love watching all your content. But if I look at the bank account, I look at the sales, I look at the revenue, I look at all that stuff that everyone's after, I had to be really honest with myself and then honest with my audience that video 
wasn't what did that. And in marketing, everyone is going to tell you it's this one thing that will make the difference. And then it's their job to convince you of that one thing. And I will say that there is one thing that made the difference for me. And it's the last 140 something episodes here. It's the mindset. Okay. Look around to any successful entrepreneur and what, you know, obviously the word success is a very broad term as it is, right? What does success mean? Success is in the eye of the beholder. It's how we define it. Okay. But success in that they said, this is how we can define success in, in, the, in the simplistic form for this conversation, this context. Success is, you know, getting clear on what you want and actually getting what you want. And if we want to add another layer, it's getting what you want as easy as, as possible with the path of least resistance, right? Like if you had to sacrifice everything, your health, you know, your family, your relationships, and what matters most to get that thing, is it really a success? Okay. So success is getting everything you said you wanted as easy as and effortlessly as possible. So if you look around to those that have that success, is there anybody there that didn't have the right mindset? Now, I know there are always people that get lucky, you know, and I'm going to put that in some big fat air quotes, but what about lasting success? What about someone who can replicate and grow and scale and have longevity? Do you think it was just an accident? You know, do you think it was, be you know, yes, there are people that are at the right place at the right time. But what about that lasting success? Do you think it was just because they used video or because they used a podcast? Or was there something deeper? And that's what it was for me. And that's what it still is today. And so when I have these conversations about things like, like an energy conversation, like law of attraction and manifesting and mastering your thoughts and understanding the beliefs and the stories we tell ourselves. These are the things that most people don't talk about in the marketing and entrepreneurship realm, at least directly or head on. And when I first put this podcast out, it was, you know, I was outing myself and how much I was, how much of a spiritual integration I had with business and what I was doing behind the scenes. And there was a lot of fear there. There was a lot of like, oh my goodness, I'm going to lose these, the, all these people that have come to me for tech advice and video camera gear and recommendations for editing software and blah, blah, blah. And yes, people have said, you know, not my cup of tea, but I've found people that have said, oh, this is my gallon of tea right here. And I want to thank you guys. And so this long drawn out, the rant I'm getting to, I guess, is that when I first launched the podcast and it was all this fear, I had someone who shared a review on iTunes that said, this show is too woo-woo. And it never like upset me. I kind of was like proud of that. And so I finally shared that because I saw, I don't know if you guys ever seen these like Instagram memes and stuff where like the person with the sandwich shop will like write on the chalkboard, like come try the meatball sandwich that one guy on Yelp said is the worst sandwich they've ever had. And I've always smiled and chuckled at that. And so I said, I want to do that. And so I put a post on Instagram that said, pop in your earbuds and listen to an episode of the podcast that's way too woo-woo. And, you know, and the person gave it three out of five stars. They were still very respectful and they were very nice. This isn't a hater. This isn't a bad person at all. And, you know, what does that even mean to be a bad person anyways? That's another story. But I just threw it out there and there are now 104 comments and a ton of likes on this from you guys. And this is what I'm getting to is just like, thank you so much because you guys just said some of the most like encouraging, loving, kind things that to just, you know, lean even further into what I'm doing 
because yes, there is resistance that still comes up because it's like, look, this isn't for everybody. And for some people, they don't like it. They hate it. They don't want to talk about it. And you know, they've maybe come to me for video stuff. They've come to me to learn some marketing or some business stuff. And then they find this part of me and they're like, "Uh uh-uh. But you guys just encourage me to say, so what? Right? And it reminds me of a quote that I've shared with you in the past, which is, I don't know what the key to success is, but the key to failure is trying to please everybody. And I have found myself in the past wanting to please everybody. And you probably have too. If you're really being honest with yourself that in our marketing, when we post something, we don't want someone to say, I disagree, or this is stupid, or you're stupid, or blah, 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 because we want to please everyone. And I want to encourage you by using myself as the model the example of leading the way, because my axiom for my own life is inspire others through my actions, right? I don't want to ever say, do, or talk about anything that I'm not personally practicing or doing, tried, and, and have seen results with. But this is really an invitation to be more polarizing, to own your message and lean into the fact that it's not going to be for everybody, And it's going to upset some or some are going to disagree, but that the more you create that division, it's like the whole yin and yang balance. That the more that you have someone that doesn't like this or maybe hates it or says, this is ridiculous, the more you're going to have the opposite. You're going to have people that love this and you guys love this and I love you guys because of that. So thank you. And I'm just going to do some shout outs to some people that just shared some amazing things like Peggy Bells who says, I'm such a fan of your work and your podcast. It takes a lot to hook me and I subscribe to the Mind Your Business podcast and have listened to some episodes a few times. I love your style inspired each and every week. We all need a little woo-woo. And then there's Mariah McCullough who's a good friend and longtime client of ours. She says, I'm grateful for you and your woo-woo ways. You've opened my eyes to a limitless world. Rachel Rambach, who says, love your show and especially the woo-woo. Robin Hilton, who said, you are doing things right indeed. Love this. Jules Tillman, who says, I love your woo-woo, James. Yours is my new favorite podcast. And Tyrella Slemp, who says, own it, you're you, and that's who your audience loves and needs. It won't be for everyone, but it shouldn't be either. Keep inspiring. It's making a difference for me, and I know many others. So I just want you guys all to know. Oh, wait, I got to read one more. This is great. So this is, I actually don't know who this, your name, but your handle on Instagram is your friend Rainy. And way too woo woo is the new hustle. I love that. So I just want you to know that I have received each and every one of your comments 100%. And I so, I so appreciate it. It means the world to me. It really does. And that's why I just, I love this conversation with you guys. And you'll notice that I bounce back and forth. I want to take someone who is very left brain and analytical, and I want to just throw them into the deep end of a conversation of limitless possibilities of creating your own reality that your thoughts create things. And then it's about creating your life from the inside out first. And then I want to take someone who's already been swimming in that and make sure that they have the business mindset of the CEO, of the visionary of the company, that they have the right structure in place in the business so that they're not just kind of floating around in their team that needs some grounding, that needs some direction and some focus and something to hold on to can really get behind you. 
And so you'll notice I just keep going back and forth with those. And, you know, I just want to keep swinging that pendulum further to the left and then further to the right. So thank you guys. Thank you again. And I hope just me sharing a little bit of this is such an invitation and proof and a nudge that whatever you're doing, really ask yourself, am I, am I doing it 100%? Am I being a little polarizing? Am I taking a stand for who my people are and what I'm all about? What is the stand you are taking? And are you giving it 110%? So thank you for that. Okay, so here's what we're going to talk about today on today's episode. This is all about what I'm calling the philosophy of scale. Now, here's the deal. I just got back from Toronto, Canada. My very, very, very good friend, his kids were in my wedding his daughter was our flower girl and his son was our ring bearer, Mr. Stu McLaren. So he is, he's a very good friend, but it's also awesome. Wow. I'm so lucky that some of my closest friends are also some of the most wisest, brilliant marketing and business geniuses that I know. That's like, that's really amazing. So I'm very fortunate to be such good friends with people like Mr. Stu McLaren. So as you know, Stu is the ninja master at everything, helping you to build a six or seven or even eight figure membership site. He helped me build mine. We've had up to a almost almost $600,000 a year membership with a $49 a month membership due. And I learned everything from Stu. There is a different psychology that goes into reoccurring revenue, how you approach it. It's very different. And Stu is a master at this. So I do want to give you a heads up. Number one, while I was out there hanging out with Stu, I'll tell you what I was doing with him in a moment. But I took a bunch of questions from you guys on Instagram. I threw them all at Stu, lightning round style. And I did an entire podcast episode on everything that you guys asked me about what it's going to take to start and grow and scale a thriving membership site of your own. That episode is amazing. It's 40 minutes of just Q&A with Stu in his living room. And you're really going to love that. So keep an eye on that because that's coming out very shortly. And what else is coming out very shortly? You might want to mark your calendars for this. March 15th, Stu is, for the first time in, I think, 18 months, is reopening the doors to hands down the best training and resource and community available for entrepreneurs who want to start and grow their membership site. I'm a member of Tribe. Obviously, I'm fortunate enough to have Stu on speed dial for me for years, but his training is unbelievable. And if you're even considering starting, or you already have one and it's kind of like plateaued or gotten stale or stagnant, he just is a brilliant, brilliant teacher and facilitator at taking big, complex topics and making them simple and understandable for you. So you're going to want to mark your calendars. We'll have more emails and updates about that because I'm a huge endorser of Stu and his training. So I was actually there because Stu asked me to come on and do some training to his audience about scaling your membership. And we went deep. We went far and wide about that conversation. And what I wanted to do is create a conversation with you here today similar to that to really talk about the mindset behind scaling your business whether it's you know a membership or a digital product business or any type of business really but that's what we're going to talk about here today the philosophy of scale and i've got a few things for you to look at and think about so let's just get into that right 
So who would this be for? Well, you know, you might be like, I'm not ready to scale. And I get it. You know, this is for someone who's, you know, already gotten some traction. Like, oh, this thing's working. Oh, people are buying. We're making some money here, right? But you want to grow, but you kind of feel like, where, how? (laughs) There's no more time left in the day. Okay, so that's who this is perfect for. However, if you're not there yet, don't skip this episode. Because if you learn this now, you're going to be so much more prepared and equipped when you do reach this path. Because you have to remember, growth in your business happens in stages. And there's a phrase I say over and over and over again. It's what got you here won't get you there. Okay? So we keep doing the same things that worked in phase one, and now we're trying to replicate that in phase two, it's not going to work. It's going to keep you back in phase one. That's why people hit a plateau, a ceiling, if you will. And it's because we have to reinvent ourselves and how we look at the business at each and every stage. This is an extraordinarily challenging thing to do, and most people can't do it. I've been around a long time, and I've seen these plateaus in my business, in my life, and I have to just throw up my hands, surrender to all of it, and say, I know nothing. I'm starting over. And it's not I'm starting back over at zero. I'm starting back over in that stage. I'm approaching it differently. What worked in stage one won't work in stage two necessarily. In fact, what we're doing in stage one might be the very thing that destroys us in stage two. And part of this is this hustle you're ass off mentality that so many people are preaching to the choir, which you know by now is total, total BS, right? Because there's only so much hour and effort in the days. And if you're hustling, it means your head's down. Now there's different definitions of hustle, right? You know, we can just reframe what hustle means. Like for most people, hustle means work harder and longer, you know, do whatever it takes to power through it. And that's using a lot of force. And if your head is down hustling the whole time, you're going to miss things, right? So look at your business like a ship. Where is your value most needed? Down in the hull of the ship, you know, like if you think of the movie Titanic where they're like shoveling the coal into the, to the engines, right? Is that hustling to you? Or is it out on the deck behind that steering wheel looking at the horizon, See, most people are down in the coal room, the engine room, shoveling the coal. And when you're down there all day, you're not going to see that iceberg dead ahead, right? (laughs) You like that? All right. So, Leo, so that's what we need to do. We need to spend more of our time in that visionary role. We need to spend more of our time looking at the horizon. And that's what it's going to take to start scaling. So let's just take a look at the word scale itself. What does it really mean? to scale. What does it feel like when I say to you, hey, let's scale your business? You know, what is inherently coming up for you when we start to use that word? Now, for me, what it means, and this is key, is it's about producing more output, like reaching more people, getting more customers, generating more revenue, but not about putting in more input. It's about more output with not more input. And so what the scaling phase is for me is about creating a more efficient machine. The machine being a metaphor for your business. So chances are right now, you don't have too much of an efficient machine. In fact, we are so brainwashed 
We are so hardwired to think that money comes from effort and that if I want to make more, I need to work more. And I see this all the time with clients and students that I work with and coach where they say, you know, I want to make more, but I just don't have any more time in the day. Well, when you say that to me, when you work from your circumstances there, I want to grow the business and I want to make more money because that's what it means to grow, right? Build your list and make more sales. And then you say, but I don't have any more time or I'm exhausted or it seems like too much work. What you're really doing is you're operating from a context that making more means working more. Guess what? That might have worked in your first phase, but it's not going to work here. And it's just not true. So scaling is about slowing down so that you can speed up. It's about putting the right systems and structure in place so you have a much more efficient model to work from so that you don't have to put as much effort and input in so that you can expand that output. It's kind of like the difference between, let's say there's a boulder on the ground and you like try and lift that boulder, right? That's really heavy. It's a lot of work. And then you like create a wedge, you know, like or a pulley or a lever, a lever, and you just stick this thing under the boulder. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, let's say this lever thing is like, you know, like a broomstick. Okay. Well, broomstick's like what? Four feet long. Now you can lift it a little bit easier, right? Because you get right under the boulder, got a little wedge there. It's like a teeter-totter. It lifts it right up. Now, what if you had like a 30-foot long broom pole, broomstick? <laughs> I hope you guys are getting my visual here, right? Now it's just a few ounces. Like It's like as light as a feather to lift down on this thing, and it can lift the boulder. That's what leverage really is. And that's what we want to do in order to build a more efficient model, which will thus result in scaling. However, if you're sitting there all day trying to grab the boulder and you're using all that brute force and strength and <laughs> to lift it, you'll never have the opportunity to stop, take a step back and like really pull back and be like, wow, if I just grab this broomstick, I could lift it a lot easier. And so that's what people are doing. They're keeping their head down and they're powering through. And they said, I can jam this square peg into the round hole. If I just push, 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 I'll finally lift the boulder. And we've gotten so conditioned to the work. Like, if I stop, like, just try this on for a second. If you just stopped working tomorrow, how would that feel? How uncomfortable is it in your bones when you take a day off in the middle of the week? How long before the guilt comes up? How long before the antsiness? This is what I'm talking about. We've got to get your business to start working for you, whether or not you're working. Otherwise, you don't got no business. You just got a glorified job and you're walking around saying, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. No, you're not. No, you're not. You just got a job. You know, and you're the boss, but you're not really in the boss position. You're in the employee position. Until we can look at the business as this separate thing outside of us, like we're now in a plane 50,000 feet up looking down on this little machine, can we really look at how to scale effectively? That's why so many people that are like business coaches and myself as well, it's so much easier for most people to give advice to others about their business than it is to give to themselves. It's like, because you're in it. You're in it. Get out for a minute. You got to slow down to speed up. 
So that's what the word scale is to me. It's about more output with not necessarily more input, which means we're going to have to slow down and create a more efficient machine that doesn't rely on your, I was going to say, it doesn't rely on your why, because your why is getting you through this right now, right? The why of a better future, the why of the impact you're making is allowing you to work longer, work harder, sacrifice time with family, sacrifice the weekend, sacrifice your health. But is that sustainable? If not, well, let's continue. So let's go into a little bit more here. So expanding upon this less, you know, less input, more output, we really, we, I want you to really get that growth is not proportionate to effort. Now that's just a statement I want you to have. Growth is not proportionate to effort. And that's a conversation we've had here in the past that money doesn't come from effort. And I'll post this on Instagram and people like want to challenge me and question me and just look at it for yourself. How many people do you know, maybe yourself, that work really damn hard and aren't making the money they want? And how many people do you know that are making a lot of money or have a lot of money and they're not working very hard at all? Money doesn't come from effort. Value doesn't come from effort. Well, people say, yeah, but money comes from the value you put out in the marketplace. Maybe. But even if that were true, value doesn't come from effort. And that screws with people a lot too. You know, the first time you got your high-paying client that paid you a lot of money, right? How much more like willing were you? Because you almost felt guilty like that you received that much money that you like overcompensated with like more time, more hours, more work, right? But the value that you are giving to somebody doesn't come from the amount of hours or time or work or anything. And here's the perfect example of that. Today, I can have someone, because I have 10 years of experience, which again, the experience doesn't come from the time in the work because you can be 10 years working, working on the wrong things, but having 10 years, I've done a lot of things in those 10 years. So a conversation that I can have today that can shift someone's business and help them grow that business, I can do that in 20 minutes today, 10 minutes, five minutes. That can be a one-liner because I'm taking... 10 years and all the experience and all the results and all the other past clients I've worked with and distilling it into that one comment or that one idea or that one question. Whereas years ago, maybe it would have taken a few sessions. But notice it has nothing to do with our effort. And this is so crucial because, you know, if we're really going to dive deep into this stuff, so many of us are trying to prove to the world that we're worthy of what we want and how do we prove it? That might be something to just write down and ask yourself, how am I proving to the world that I'm worthy of what I want? So step one, what do you want? If I could just wave the wand and give it to you, do you want a million dollar business? Great. That's what you want. Own it. Just to say what you want. Don't talk about whether you can get it or not or how. What do you want? I say this over and over on the podcast. It's just, it's a simple saying, what do you want? Get clear on what you want. And I realize how hard that is for people to answer because they're not hearing what do I want when I ask the question. They're hearing what am I worthy of and what do I think I can have so that I don't, 
you know, reach for the stars and disappoint myself. And that's not what I'm at. I'm literally saying, what do you want? Like genie in the lamp pops up and he says, I can grant you any wish you want. Now, most of you would be smart and you'd say, I want a million wishes. <laughs> so once you got your million wishes, what would you ask for next? What do you want? What if life, God, or the universe was that genie, first off? Okay. So there are no, but I don't know how, and but it's going to take this from me, or I don't know, I don't have what it takes. But the next question we want to ask is, what is behind that? What is that story that we're telling ourselves? that it's going to take from us to prove that we're worthy for what we want. Now, most of you, I'm hoping, some of you will get this very fast. Some of you may take a little longer. That's okay. But we want to have that discipline of mindfulness. Because, look, I'm not there to force you to answer these questions. You've got to develop that discipline yourself. Do you want to walk around like blind and asleep and just like, but I'm just going to go build a funnel? Hello? (laughs) Okay, this is the stuff that's holding us back. But it's buried, it's hidden. We can't see it until we ask these really tough questions. What is the story that I'm telling myself about what it's going to take to prove that I'm worthy of this? For most of us, there is this belief or story that a certain amount of effort, work, or struggle will finally prove that we are worthy of this, that we deserve it. I can't tell you how many times I see people going around and say, look at me, I'm struggling and working late. I deserve it now, right? I deserve it. Why do you have to, I mean, like it's a much bigger conversation that we're gonna get into today, But where did we come up with this idea, this story that you're only worthy or deserving of something because you've sacrificed your life for it? It's silly and it's nonsense. It's nonsense. Trust me, because I went there and I tried it. You're already worthy of everything you desire. There's nothing to prove to anyone. So why would I go here? When we're talking about scaling and you want to talk about like team and structure and metrics and stuff, yeah, we're going to get into all that, but this is huge. Because the chances are the thing that's holding us back from growth is that there's a part of us that feel like we don't deserve it until we do something else to prove that we are. No, not me, James. Well, maybe not you. But how do you know until you really shine the light there and just look to see what's coming up for you? And that's so important. You're already worthy. And of course, there's all these money conversations that there's only this fixed pie of money, so you're taking it away from someone else that might be more worthy or that's worked harder for it. Story, story, story. It's all nonsense. The more people that buy from me, I know the more impact I'm creating in the world, the more I'm helping people. Like, I know you guys aren't paying for this podcast and you're getting a lot of value, but the transformation is in the transaction which means when people come and sign up for my coaching, for my masterminds, for my digital products, they're putting skin in the game and they show up in a completely different way. I hear it from them. They say things like, I was freaked out and I sat on the decision for a long time. I said, screw it, I'm doing this. And then they were like, I I paid a lot of money. I better take this seriously. Yeah, you better take it seriously. And so I know that this is, for me, growing the business is not a conversation of, am I worthy of this money? It's an indicator of the impact I'm making. 
It's just a game I've set up. It makes it really easy. Most of us have a game that's really hard to win. And most of us aren't even looking at the, what the game is in the first place. And then we wonder why it's not working. That's what this mindfulness stuff is all about, right? Okay, so growth is not proportionate to effort. So where should, if we're talking about the philosophy of scaling, if we're talking about the mindset behind it, where should our focus be? The first thing is vision. And I already started to almost touch upon it in a moment. But what is your vision? Chances are, for most people, not necessarily you, the vision was what has gotten you to this point. It's okay, because I was here. But the vision may have been, like, to quit my job. Okay? The vision may have been to make an extra 5000 a month. And now you're like, hey, I'm doing those things. I'm going to tell you this. If you want to scale, the first thing is you must have a vision that is bigger than your personal needs. You must have a vision that is not for you, but for others. And here's why. What is going to need to happen in this phase is you're going to need to attract the right people. Jim Collins from Good to Great says, get the right people in the right seats in the bus. And that's what needs to happen. Even if it's one person, or two people, doesn't matter. You need a vision. And the thing is, is people, yes, need money. You know, your team will need money and you've got to be able to compensate them. However, what will motivate them far more, which what will rein them in and make them the best possible version of themselves within the context of the business is when they align with your vision. So as we get into the team and the people chat conversation in a moment, it really comes down to if they were sitting there and you know this is an A player and they're applying to work with you and your biggest competitor, why you over them? If the pay were the same, if the benefits were the same, if all that other stuff were the same, why you over them? And the answer, nine times out of 10, will come down to because they align with your vision, not theirs. So what is the vision that you're gonna craft that's going to take you to where you want to go now. And it's going to attract others to get you there. And it's got to be something bigger than you. So what is the difference you're making in the world? Now, I did an episode about this last Wednesday. Did you watch it? Did you listen to it? I mean, there's nothing to watch. You can close your eyes and listen. Just don't drive and close your eyes. We talked about Lewis Howes and how simple his vision is. It's the income goal and the impact goal. We need money to keep the business afloat and do the things we want to do like marketing, payroll, Facebook ads, etc. pay your bills. And that's important, clearly. But we need the impact so that we can create the fulfillment. When things get boring or tough, this gets us through that and it gets us through it fast. So it's time to start crafting that vision. Now again, don't overthink this. Don't make vision a heavy word. It's just where do we want to go? Where do we want to land? What are we doing and why? So it's just what and why. But that is the first step. Okay, so why are we talking about vision? Well, we're talking about vision because we need to start to attract the right team. And I've done a ton of episodes talking about team building and you know all that stuff. And it's so important. So important. So we need to start looking at who are the right people to attract to 
fill the roles that we should let go of doing ourselves. Because what this is really about in this type of business and really any type of business, you need to be spending 80% of your time in the revenue and sales generating activities. But this is like the five or the 80, 20 or the like 5%, 95%. You need to spend 80% of your time in the marketing and revenue generating activities. Yet out of the list of all the activities there are to do in your business, that's probably 5%. So 95% of the stuff that needs to get done is stuff that's not going to make direct revenue growth in the business, but it's got to get done. So chances are it's getting done by you. So you're staying there and that's why the business isn't growing. So part of this is, again, not about doing more work, but about spending the same amount of time you're already spending in direct revenue generating activities. Wow, that's really simple. So in order to do that, we have to apply what we call the DAD method, or that's what I call the DAD method, which is to look at all the things that are not the 5% of activities that are going to give us this explosive growth and choose one of three things. Delete it, which means, is this serving us at all? Is this really worth our time? Sometimes that is one of the most powerful things we can do is just say no to this. And sometimes it's just not what we should be doing anymore. You know, like, wow, this is kind of a waste of our time. So we delete it or we can automate it. Is there a way to put this on autopilot? Like, for example, if you're scheduling appointments with clients or or sales calls, even just having a, a scheduling software in place that makes the scheduling a lot more easy and automated, connecting it with your CRM. So there's like follow-up and reminder email. So you're not doing that manually is an example of automating a process in the business that will give you back even 20 minutes of your time. But most importantly, it'll give you back your energy. Okay. And then of course, the third one is delegating it, letting it go, giving it to somebody else. So what can we start to delete, automate, or delegate from your task list so that you can spend more of your time in the revenue generating activities? So that's a big one, okay? And that's why I say what got you here won't get you there. We need to shift our focus. We need to shift the where we put our time, our energy, and our value to the business. And that's where it needs to go, those 5% activities that grow it. Okay, the next one is this concept of less is more. So one of the things I see people do all the time is they have some success they do something right, like they create a product and they launch it and they make some money. And then they go, wow, that worked. So let me do that again. And they create a new product and they create a new launch and then they launch it. And this is where we need to be very careful that the way to scale is much less about creating a bunch of funnels and launches and products, but about putting more of your energy and focus on what's working and improve upon it. Improve the performance of your funnel, your promotion, or your launch. Okay, less is more. So what we really wanna look at is, are we spreading ourselves too thin? Do we have too many products, too many projects that it's taking away our time in each? And what if we went all in on one or two? Less is more. How can we begin to perfect the current processes that we have? Okay, I'm going to just talk briefly about a few more things that are coming up for me when it comes to the philosophy of scaling and what you need to look for when you're ready to grow. 
The next thing is team. Now, we've had other episodes, and I'll have more episodes in the future, about attracting the right team. But I always like to say you can't do this alone. You shouldn't do this alone, You really, but you really can't. So there is that phrase that says, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. And that's what this is, is creating a big vision and attracting the right team to help you with it. And you know, we've been able to create, my wife and I, a phenomenal team that I'm just so proud of. And it doesn't happen overnight, and it's not the easiest thing in the world to do it, but when you do it right, it does make your business something you can fall in love with again. Now, part of having a great team is about having the right structure. There has to be structure in the business. And if you say, but James, I'm the creative type, then even more so, you need structure. And so maybe it's someone on your team that's creating the structure, right? It doesn't have to be you creating the structure, but the business needs structure. And we really break down the structure into two things, and it's just systems and processes. And those need to be in place. Like, I'm a huge fan of, you know, following my intuition but my team knows where we're going. My team knows what we're up to. They have that structure. I don't just wake up every day and say, let's go right today. Mm, let's go this way tomorrow. You know, we know where we're going and we shift in 90 day cycles, but we have the year planned out. We have 10 year stretch goals. We've got, you know, like one to three year goals. And then we have quarterly, you know, focal milestone points here. And that's just so, so important. Okay. So can we start to create the process and obviously I'm huge with this and business by design is a lot about me handing you the process that we've used for creating our online business so that you don't have to because it's I'll be honest it's not very fun so there's that okay let's talk about another one really quickly this is about the metrics for scaling you've got to have a few key numbers in place and it's different for every business but what are the numbers that you can be looking at on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, on a quarterly basis. And the more we know these numbers, the more we're able to scale, okay? Because a lot of people are just flying blindly. James, I don't like numbers. I'm not a math-oriented person. Then look, don't be in business. You gotta know a few numbers. Just own it. Just like (laughs) sack it up and do it because it's gonna hurt you otherwise. Like I can't tell you how many people who tell me they don't like some of these things, but then all they do is complain about all the problems in their business. So you have a choice. You either learn it or stop complaining. But if you're complaining, you're being a victim, you're not taking 100% responsibility for your business and you're not willing to do what it takes to solve it. So if you're like, I don't want to know any, and I really, I do, I meet some of these people. It's, it baffles me, but it, you know, teach their own. I don't like numbers. I don't want to do math. Blah, 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 blah. Then you just can't complain about it anymore. Deal? But you got to know some of these numbers. Like how much is a lead worth to you? How much is a customer worth to you? How much is a customer worth to you over the the lifetime of their experience with you? And when you start to know these numbers, well, scaling becomes much more, I would say you're, you're much more in the driver's seat of scaling because now we can invest in things like Facebook advertising, paid advertising strategies, joint venture opportunities because we know how much we can spend to acquire these leads and acquire these new customers. And that's what it's going to take, okay? So in the past, for most of us that haven't done any scaling, we're using time and effort to get our leads and sales. We're writing more blog posts, creating more content, we're doing more networking, we're doing more of that. Effort, 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 effort. And we can just use money. And money doesn't take any effort. And so I always use this analogy of like, if there was that slot machine in Vegas that every time you put in a dollar, it would give you back 10 how many dollars would you put in? 
right? So a lot of people say, and not my community, because I've trained them out of this, it's bad, 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 is they'll say, well, James, how much should I budget for Facebook ads? And I'll just throw this back on you. If you found a slot machine in Las Vegas that if you put in a dollar, you get back 10, the question I have for you, how much would you budget for that slot machine? How much would you budget? Hopefully, if you're smart, (laughs) you wouldn't create a budget. You would find every dollar you could and every time it gave you 10, you'd be putting more back in. You'd put in a million if you could, if it would let you right? It's not about a budget. It's about knowing how much it costs to put in and how much you get back. It's about knowing the ROI. It's about knowing how much a customer costs to acquire, how much a lead costs to acquire, and how much a lead and a customer is worth to you. These are so vital if you want to be in the driver's seat. You wouldn't fly a plane without a compass and a GPS and, you know, knowing how fast you were going and how the altitude and all that type of stuff, right? These dials tell us where we are and where we're going. And when you scale, look, it's about, it's velocity. You're going faster. So they become far more important. Muy importante. So you got to know those metrics for scaling. Now, lastly, I want to leave you with some thoughts or ideas or strategies for what are scalable activities. Obviously, as you already touched upon, paid traffic, paid advertising. You know, this is about investing money to get in front of new audiences. But there's so many other paid advertising strategies beyond Facebook ads. That's what we predominantly do. But obviously, retargeting is one. Google AdWords is one. YouTube ads, you know, videos on YouTube is one. You know, Instagram, which is the same as Facebook. You know, it's owned by Facebook. So you would run your Instagram ads within Facebook's power editor. But there's even like mailers, like you can pay companies to just do a mail drop. Like you write up an ad or an email and they'll send the email to their existing audience. But this is as simple as paying to get in front of new people. The other area we can look at for scaling is looking to people who have already built a community. You know, people that already have an audience and look for ways that we can get in front of those audiences. And then lastly, how can we use our own community to build more of our audience at any level, whether it's customers, your podcast listeners, your YouTube video watchers, how can we get them to be our army? A lot of you guys share the podcast and that means the world to me. But how many of you are asking your listeners to share your stuff. Referrals is word of mouth marketing. And even though we have Facebook bots and automation and retargeting and all these fancy, cool, new strategies, nothing, nothing beats word of mouth. When a good friend of yours comes up to you and says, I just saw a movie that changed my life. It was the best film ever made. And I couldn't have thought of anyone else that would love this movie more than you. You got to see this movie. Are you going to see the movie or not? Right? Word of mouth. Yet we're trying to get better and better at convincing people that our stuff's the best. Why aren't we looking to our own audience that already know that our stuff's the best and having them tell their friends about it? Now, these are just a few ways, okay? And that's like really easy. So we talked about a lot today. 
philosophy of scaling, what to do different in this new phase of growth where you kind of reinvent yourself and you reinvent the business so that you can generate more revenue without working more. Now, again, you don't, some people are probably saying, well, how much money do I need to have so that I could start doing this? That's a great question. I don't necessarily know the answer because I think it's different for everybody depending on the type of business you have, but this would be for someone that's already generating revenue and they feel like they've run out of hours in the day. So chances are that's most of you. <laughs> right? that's, there's no one who's really sitting around saying, I'm bored. You know, what do I do after noon? After one o'clock, I'm just bored. So I want more things to do. But most people are working way too long and they're overwhelmed. And that's now you know they're spending their time in the wrong activities. And they're trying to do it all themselves. So we talked a lot. We talked about the mindset. I touched upon the importance of having a team and the right people in the right seats, the right roles. We talked a little bit about the structure, the systems and processes. I did not go much into the specific systems and processes. I've had other episodes on that. I didn't really talk about the org chart or you know, what exact roles. There's just so much to cover, but I'm just kind of giving you some of the the big ideas here. And then metrics for scaling and then some specific ways that we can really start to scale. So I hope this has gotten your brain thinking, thinking differently and just starting to notice how different we need to operate in this new stage of business. And if you're not there yet, you're going to be there before you know it. So this episode is so important to you as well. And then that is it. I just want to thank all of you guys for listening. Again, we've got so many more exciting episodes coming out. I've got some great surprise guests for you coming up that I think are going to be a real treat. And you'll see me bouncing around again from like talking about business to some like super woo-woo stuff coming your way here on the Mind Your Business podcast. See you on the next episode. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is, this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.